0: Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. And we're back, back on the podcast this week. Listen, guys, thanks for letting me take a little break. The last couple of weeks, I was getting my kids ready for back to school. I had been sick. In fact, I ended up with strep throat three times in a row. So for six weeks, basically, I had strep throat or was being treated for it. And it kind of did a little um, ditty on my throat that took some time to recover. So I needed a little bit of a break. So thanks for letting me have that. But man, I'm excited to be back with you guys as we're kicking off the fall. It's not really fall in Oklahoma. I mean, I think today the forecast is like 100-something degrees, but it's fall in my mind, so that's what we're going to take it as. Um, Listen, today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about something that's incredibly personal for me. In fact, the next three episodes are going to be pretty personal to my journey. But we're talking about the need to be significant or the drive to want to make a difference in this life. And I have to be honest with you, I had a moment when I was in high school, actually, and I was reading my Bible and having a little devotional moment kind of deal, and I came across Romans chapter 9, and I was reading that chapter kind of in my daily reading, and I ended up on verse 21, and I was struck with a lightning bolt of fear when I read this verse, and I'm going to read it to you. This is the NIV translation, although at the time I believe I was reading the NLV. But it says this, Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? And the translation that I read at the time actually said some for ordinary use. And you might be thinking, how could that be a fearful verse? But what happened to me as a young 15, 16-year-old girl was... I became petrified that God had made me for ordinary use. I became terrified that my life was going to be sort of meaningless or sort of boring for lack of a better word. Now, if you know anything about the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram seven and I have been, you know, all of my life. And so this puts that into context a little bit, but I'm telling you guys, I was terrified. In fact, I was so terrified of this that I would pray for years. God, don't make me the ordinary cup. Don't make me the ordinary cup. Lord, what can I do to make you not make me the ordinary cup? It wasn't until years and years later that I began to come to peace with myself and say, if I am the ordinary cup, then I want to learn to love it. I want to learn to be okay with my life and be content. Several years after that, we had a moment in our journey of planting the church that we pastor now where God began to speak this parable to my husband. And the parable, some of you may have heard it before, is about a cup and a vase and the picture that god had given him was that the potter has the right to make whatever he wants out of the clay right i think we could all agree with that statement and that the potter wants to make a vase that stands in the middle of a ballroom that holds huge ornate uh, flower arrangements you know the kind of vase that is just so big its only purpose is for show-stopping arrangements And he said, but there are times when the potter also wants to make a little dish or a little cup for his soy sauce. Because let's say that the potter really loves sushi. And he said, the potter's full pleasure is in the soy sauce dish when it is holding that salty liquid that makes your sushi so amazing. If the dish looks at the vase and says, I don't have this sort of grandiose thing in my life, that I need flowers, I need to hold flowers, I need to be put on display so that I can have significance, then the rest of the world kind of looks at the dish and says, you're not really doing what you were created to do vice versa with the vase. Let's say the vase looks at the soy sauce dish and thinks, wow, this is bringing so much delight to the potter to make his food so tasty. Maybe I'll fill myself with soy sauce and we all know that that would be disastrous. The parable, as God began to reveal to my husband, was that the potter's full pleasure is in the vessel becoming what it was created to be. It's not that one vessel is any more special or important than another. It's that God wants all of us to be who we were created to be. And when we are in that place, in that job, in that relationship, in that mental state, that's where God's full pleasure is on us. I find this such an interesting parable or allegory. And I remember hearing him unveil this to me as God had spoken it to him and thinking about this verse in Romans nine and thinking to myself again, Oh Lord, I don't want to be the dish. And I just could not put this to bed. And I'm just being honest with you guys. I had mentors in my life who would speak into this area. I remember one spiritual father of mine saying to me, Rachel, you have got to learn to not find your significance and your worth in what other people think about you. And he was 100% right. He was seeing something in me where I wanted to perform well, to do well, for my giftings to be you know, the best of their abilities so that I wouldn't make mistakes, etc. Because if I had the approval of other people, then I would know I had God's approval. The Lord took me through quite a long journey, which I won't get into in this particular podcast, where he began to show me what it looks like to have God's approval when you have nothing to show for it. I think this is something he wants every single one of us as believers to experience, that we can know as a child of God, we are accepted. We are significant by our birth. By the fact that we exist, there is significance there. But fast forward another couple of years, and I was listening to Lance Wall. Now, I'm not sure if you know who he is, but he's sort of a business guy. He's a prophetic guy. He really loves God, and he's really quirky, and and I think he's fun to listen to. And he was making a comment about significance, and he was talking about how many pastors he had interacted with who had this deep need to want to be significant, and how the Lord had revealed to him that that was actually not wrong. It was how God made them. O M. Gee, it was a profound moment for me in my journey where I realized I had been fighting against this need to be significant or want my life to count for something. I had been fighting against it with everything in me for years, for over a decade, with taking my thoughts captive, with trying to reject these thoughts, and then coming to this realization that maybe God made me this way. I was just using it incorrectly. So I wanted to share this with you because if any of you have struggled in the same way where you've felt this drive to be significant or to find significance or have your life have meaning, you want something to show for what you're doing, that's not wrong. Over the course of the years since I had this aha moment, thank you, Lance Wallnau, What I began to realize in myself was my wounding was looking for the approval of other people, but my need for being significant was almost something entirely different. But because I wasn't aware of that, I was grouping them together. So here's a question for you. Can ambition be godly? Just think about it for a moment. Can ambition truly be from God? Most of us think no, or if you've grown up in an evangelical or conservative Christian background, you're probably already thinking no way because ambition and pride sort of become simultaneous. But let's talk about what pride really is. Pride is insecurity. Think about it. Pride is looking to yourself to meet your needs. It's looking to yourself to provide for you. It's looking to what you have to offer as if that is your upper hand. And insecurity is looking at yourself and what you don't have. Both of them are the same, at least in the same category, because you're looking inward. You're not looking to the Lord. Most of our heroes in the Bible had tremendous amounts of ambition. They had just learned what to do with it. They learned where to place it. They learned how to steward it so that it didn't become something they stepped into striving for. Here's my other question for you. Have you ever heard of the phrase "and you're making an Ishmael baby"? I think this is a phrase that's unique to certain circles, but uh, some friends of of mine and I have used this phrase at different times. And essentially, an Ishmael baby is. The moment where Abraham and Sarah give up on the promise of God and Sarah tells Abraham to take her housemate, which was the cultural custom of the day. It was sort of, quote, legal in their time. Abraham lies with her. She gets pregnant and they have this son, Ishmael. But Ishmael was not the chosen child. He was not the one that God had wanted to pass the covenant onto. It was in their frustration with God. It was in their disappointment with God. It was in their perception of God's timing taking too long that they chose to take matters into their own hands. And what was created was, quote, an Ishmael baby. So in the Christian world and Christian circles, this can be a phrase that we talk about sometimes revolving around when we can't get, we're just frustrated. We can't seem to find the Lord. And so we take matters into our own hands. I think this particular thing is why ambition gets a bad name, because there are definitely times where we, in our ambition, take matters into our own hands. We sort of step outside of what God has called us to do. It's kind of the idea of, Lord, you told me that I'm going to do this, and you're not making it happen for me, so I'm going to make it happen for myself. And so when we've seen that go poorly, Then we look at ambition, and then we give ambition a bad name. But I would go back to my original question to you today. Can ambition be from God? My answer, yes. I think God gives us ambition often. But I think if we're not self-aware, we marry and muddle ambition with our wounding that wants to find approval from other people, with our need to be significant, with our pride or insecurity, and then it becomes this murky water that we can't seem to walk through. And so some of us press on anyway, and some of us never press in. I think maybe both responses are less than what God wants for us. Listen, I want to tell you today, ambition is not bad. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, this is so me, I want to be significant. I want to leave a legacy. I want to have an impact in this life. I would say to you, the fact that you want that and you have wanted that for years at a time is proof that God wants that for you as well. Hold on. Did I just mean what I said? I did. The fact that that's in you and that it's not going away is proof that God wants that for you. Now, how you go about making that happen, you have to take that to the Lord. There are absolutely times in our faith where we have to, quote, kick the door down. This is something we talk about privately in our inner circles with our friends. There are certainly things in the kingdom of God that we have to knock on the door. We have to beat the door down because we are pioneering something and God has told us to do that and we cannot allow the opinion of other people uh, in the place of God's opinion to lessen our intensity. Do you understand what I'm saying? Obviously, there are many, many times where we sit back and God tells us, let me do this for you, and we hands off until he does. He opens doors that no man can shut, but he's also given you hands and feet to kick the door down when that's needed as well. Of course, I'm not talking about relationally, but sometimes when we get into the concept of if God's called you to start a business or he's called you for a new career or to start a family and it's not happening the way you want to or fill in the blank of what God has called you to, my best advice would be to really ask the Lord, are you wanting me to rest while you do this for me or are you wanting me to go after this? The kingdom of heaven is at hand and the violent take it by force. This is what the Bible actually tells us. What does this mean that the violent take it by force? Are we supposed to be violent? Of course not. What it means is that we are so convinced of what God has called us to that we won't back down no matter what is coming against us. Let me put it to you this way. The Bible also tells us, in fact, Jesus himself has said these things, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church, but the church is designed to be moving forward and the gates of hell cannot hold, right? The church is like a bulldozer that just bulldozes right over every obstacle the enemy wants to put in your path. Well, that doesn't sound like sitting back and letting God do it for you. Who's driving the tank? Ambition can be godly. It can be incredibly dangerous. But my question to you is, what has God asked you to do with the ambition that's in your heart? And are you letting fear be a louder voice to you than God? If you are resonating with this idea to want to be significant, to want to leave your mark on the world, then I would encourage you to really dig in internally and with the Lord and asking God, how do I truly let go of my need for the approval of others? How do I do that? Because at the end of the day, if I'm going to go for you, God, I need to know that your voice is the one I'm going for, that your approval is the one that matters to me the most. And here's the thing. Most of the time, the approval we get from God comes when almost no one else is approving us. It's that quiet confidence in the morning when you're spending time with him, when no one else in your house is awake, that you know that you know that you know that the Lord is with you and you're doing what he asked you to do. Not everybody's going to see that. And I think God designed it that way. I think God purposely gives parts of your development to other people, parts of your encouragement to other people to give, but then he also reserves parts of it for himself. He wants you to have that kind of relationship with him where you can go deep into the presence of God and find your worth, find your significance, find your identity, and then you're not wondering if you're getting your approval as you're going out and making your mark, you're going out and making your mark the Hamilton musical came to my hometown a couple of last couple of weeks and I bought tickets and I came across the Hamilton musical a couple of years ago. Actually, I was really resistant for a while and finally thought, okay, I'm just going to listen to it on Apple music. So I listened to the whole thing and I was completely undone at how much I loved this musical, not only the style and the the you know flavor to it and the uniqueness to it, but the songs were so incredibly moving. In fact, there's a handful of songs in the musical. Although I have heard them 30 plus times, they still bring me to tears every time. So when Hamilton was coming to our area, I bought season tickets a year in advance. So I had tickets for almost 18 months just so I could make sure I would be in this show. I sat there and I cried through almost every single number, just enjoying the talent and the ambition that was on display. One of the things I love about the Hamilton story is that Alexander Hamilton was a man who was incredibly ambitious. Did that ambition lead him outside of the will of God at times? Most likely but it speaks to something in me that at the end of the day, I can believe for what God has put in my heart, and I don't need anyone else's approval to do that. I can have my own fire that I can stoke to go after the dreams that God has placed in me, to go after the callings that he has put on me, to go after the, the, the doors that he's given for me to kick down, and I can go, and I can go, and I can go, and I can be nonstop, because I'm being fueled by the Lord, not because I'm being fueled by a need to get something from other people when I achieve. I hope that makes the most sense of what we're talking about in the difference between ambition and godly ambition. So listen, friends, if you are sitting here and you feel the need to be significant, my encouragement to you is that's okay. Embrace that But figure out where your wounding wants to use that to your disadvantage, and then you be proactive and deal with your wounding. You take it to the Lord. You go to those moments when, as a child, your parents didn't approve of you or they didn't give you what you needed. You go to those moments in your heart where maybe in your formative years you had relationships with people who took advantage of you or were very hurtful, said hurtful things to you, etc. You go to those moments, you take those to the Lord, and you talk it out with God. It looks something like this. Lord, I don't want this moment, this difficulty in my life to frame the way that I see what you've called me to do. So teach me how to have a pure heart. Teach me how to have a heart of godly ambition. Teach me how to have a heart that finds my true significance and worth in the fact that I am your son or daughter. And then from that place, show me how to go out and set this world on fire. You can do it. I can do it, and together we can see God get the glory across the face of this earth. Amen. I get excited just thinking about it. All right, guys, that's all I've got for you today. I hope this has been encouraging for you. And listen, I thank you so much for all of you who've been sharing this podcast with your friends and letting them know about it. I would just love it if you would continue to do that. I would love it if you would continue to let people know this podcast even exists and uh, you know, send them a text, send them the link, put it on your Facebook. Let me know which quotes you were the most impacted by and We're going to see this podcast really change the face of our areas, my prayer. So, all right, guys, until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.